Shit, and we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chewing the Fat. I am your host, Johnny. As you know, this week is going to be uh, my first threesome. So I've got two lovely lads here. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to be having a, a conversation. We're going to be talking about some Why, some why did I know health. this would happen? I knew this would happen. It's, of course it's going to happen. You knew damn well when you signed up for this. We're going to be talking about mental health. We're going to be talking about COVID. We're going to talk about what it's like as a starving artist living in the big city of Toronto because we all moved here for that reason. So I have Mr. Thomas Hugo and Mr. Paul Scheuge. Hello, hello, hello. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? My hey, friend. John. Hello. So do you want to go first, Paul? You go first, Thomas. Well, thank you. Uh, okay, so as you know, I am originally from South Africa, born and raised there. And roughly around the age of 24, so in 2015, I decided to move down to Canada for various reasons. I had my own businesses prior to that and things just kind of didn't pan out the way I expected it to or thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, and also had plans of starting a family. So that was like two of the big motivators to, uh, to come to Canada. Oh, and also because it's South Africa. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> it's just, is it as dangerous? Oh, fuck, man. Like legit, I know like... Like Johannesburg is like fucking insane. Oh yeah, but just why was this like? It's how how was it actually that dangerous? So, so I think it was two years ago. I looked it up. The rape the rape per day is twenty five women a day. That's absolutely. That's just the rape rate. What like so like that? So murder, petty crime. Yeah, everything. Well, Rape, being yeah. raped. That's insane. And and that if that's only like if that is twenty-five people a day, yeah. You can imagine like expanding more up, you know, the wider South African, you know, North yeah. Africa, those places. But in Johannesburg so I grew up in Krugersdorp, mm-hmm. which is not that far from Johannesburg. And so Johannesburg, everybody says Johannesburg because that's the most known place. Yeah. And then when I went to high school, I lived in Edenvale which is basically next to one of the biggest rural squatter camps. So they call it a squatter camp because they initially go there and they build all their houses out of sheet. Like timber, sheet like metal. random shit they can find. Random shit, man. And it's so compact and so close together and all of the crime, just man, the crime in there is insane. Well, it's, it, it, it's lawless. Absolutely. To give you an idea, okay, so what this, <laughs> this guy that worked for me, um, he told me a story about how I think it was three men from Somalia or somewhere went there and they they basically stole chairs from the church for their families. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, so they, they stole, well, they stole ch- chairs from the actual church. From, so church is a, a big, big ass tent in the field because that's basically what most of them only have facility like access to yeah is their own little pop-up tent type yeah. of thing and they had plastic chairs like lawn chairs for the people to sit on and so they stole these and they basically like lynch mobbed them this was so this is like there, there's no police involved the police are too afraid to go do that like because like hordes of people would actually yeah. kill them yeah. if they go try and stop them so, what, basically, what you're trying to say, not a great place to, uh, to raise a family. Yes, absolutely. not a great place to raise a family. So you're here now. <laughs> it's a little bit safer than that, even in how fucked up Toronto is. It's, it's a lot safer than that. 
Yes. Well, um, glad, uh, glad absolutely. <laughs> when I stayed in, <laughs> so I stayed in Prince Albert for four years. And <laughs> when I moved there, a lot of the people there that I got to know would tell me how dangerous Prince Albert is because apparently it's ranked third most dangerous in Canada. Yeah, oh, you're like, fuck, buddy. You <laughs> I'm no like, idea. I'd look around and I'm like, you call this dangerous? Yeah, like, you have <laughs> no idea what I went through every fucking day. Yeah. And uh, moved to Toronto in Feb to do the whole acting thing. Yeah. Literally three weeks before. Wait, in February you moved here? February oh, 16th is when I showed up. God. <laughs> and everything shut down. I think it was March 17th. Yep. St. Patrick's Day. I think it was like the when it was officially, everything was shut down. Yeah. A month into you moving here for acting and everything fucking shut mm-hmm. down. Well, hopefully we'll get through this. What about uh, what about you, Paul? Tell us a little bit about, about ye. Well, uh, John, thanks very much for having me on the uh, podcast. Pleasure. I uh, became friends with my good mate uh, Thomas here in Toronto too. So uh, even even though he has a pretty fascinating story, uh, when he when he tells it when he tells it again, it's like an even bigger story than was the first time around. <laughs> oh, fuck you! Like, no, 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 no. But like, they're genuinely like the great thing about Toronto is that when you meet people from different places, like I've learned so much about say that part of the world mm-hmm. from Thomas, and like what he thinks is. I'm not actually joking. I know we're Irish people are usually taking the piss, but like, um, it's such a colorful world over there. I mean, you might get your head blown off, or like, you know, you might have a great time, like, because like, you know, he's telling me some of the stories of his uh, upbringing and stuff, and uh, it's pretty cool stuff. It's obviously super wealthy people over there. You can have a fun time, but this is obviously super dangerous as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But what's great about the city of Toronto and meeting Thomas yourself and various characters I met here is that like you get to learn so much about the whole part. Like, it's like you travel, world travel, mm-hmm. living in this one city. You know yeah, I mean? you, well, the stories you get to hear and the experiences that people get to share with you. It's, uh, if you're good at painting a picture in your head, you can, in a sense, relive some of those memories with them, right? Oh, of course. Know, especially in the way they describe it. You do get to learn about a, a bit of a, a bit of different parts of yeah. the world, which is great. Like, so... <clears throat> So the, another connection is that like you know Thomason's in, introduction which is interesting every time like uh, he's from South Africa I'm from Ireland and one of the common denominators there was is is the people uh, and their behavior towards their uh, rulers or former rulers where like we're all under the British Empire and like uh, we have this sort of uh, look towards them that makes mm-hmm. us reflect in a way of kind of mischievousness and like a bit of used to the kind of lawlessness right mm-hmm. where you come to canada and it's very very strict it's kind of a hard one to to kind of fall into you know mm-hmm. what i mean um so a bit about me is that um i came to canada too specifically in the field of uh, media so mm-hmm. i worked on a radio station and a tv station back home and i had done some you know acting in the background and kind of very very small roles back home but never you know never done it in a professional capacity it would have been non-union back home but relies soon getting here in, in in the city what if you're not going to try and do something like you had an interest in a long time you're still in the media sphere and it's more specified in the acting role why not do it here because the amount of stuff that's being filmed here yeah. so many more opportunities it's incredible the amount of things being filmed in toronto i mean i didn't even realize until i got into this in history how many things are going on at once in different parts of the oh, city. Oh, neither did I. I thought it's, acting was basically a production. Yeah, like everything. Okay, cool. Which which 
warehouse do we go to? Where is where something's being filmed? It's like no shit, all over the streets, the parks. Yeah. And independent films, big productions. Every day shooting shit every, every day. Oh man, day. it's, yeah. it's well, insane. once a year, every day. I, I didn't even know that there were departments. And this is gonna sound bad, but I didn't even know there were departments like uh, scenic or set deck. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know those. I knew like as a carpenter, I thought you would like work on set and what you do, mm -hmm. but I thought that was the extent of it. Yeah. Until you know, I joined IRT873. I'm like, holy moly! Like the amount we have, the crew, how big the crew is yeah, for yeah. anything. Yeah, is oh, absolutely wild, wild. And it's it's funny. even for the shit ones. Even for the shit ones, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And there are lots of shit productions. <laughs> well, people gotta get paid, man. Yeah, people gotta get paid. We'll make you names. Not everything can be a hit. No, not everything can be no. a hit. No, and they're the ones that you kind of hide your face, you know. Well, you know. Oh, I'm sure. I, I definitely have one of those. <laughs> We've uh, yeah. There's there's a few things that are out there that I'm not particularly yeah. stoked. But yeah, that's that's that's, so that's why I came to Toronto and uh, you know the building I live in, the film suits. I saw Working Moms actually being filmed there only a couple of weeks ago again, and mm -hmm. you're constantly seeing streets shut off because yeah. of because of the act and everything else. And you're like, well, this is a media city. Like, why not try the the actor route why not try the irish route too because you know you're kind of more unique because you're not from here and uh, as i said that's how i ended up meeting thomas uh yeah. in that world um we're voice, voice acting yeah we're both yeah. doing voice acting too because it really works here he's got he's got the charming south african accent and uh <laughs> i've got the irish accent which you know i don't want to be biased but it was voted the sexiest accent in the world uh they're probably like, because they can't understand a fucking word you're saying <laughs> you know like i mean i'll, ta I'll take that john yeah. i'll take that i'll, I'll take that it's a, it's a cross it's a cross it's a cross a man must bear but you know sexiest yeah. accent in the world like to be honest i think i think a lot of the ladies voted for that right don't know why. I wasn't but, aware there was a poll going on. Hey, yeah. listen, I don't think you know what? I don't think Canadian accents too fucking high up there. So. No, I don't think you would have won. Anyways, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Let's it's not let's not brag. But um, no, you've been very humble about it. Yeah, your way. I so, appreciate that. As yeah, I Paul's said, such a humble person. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the Paul show with yeah. with, John, with Johnny. Thank you for having Johnny me. Johnny and Thomas. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, no, to, but seriously, John, here. thanks very much for having us on yeah, this. Yeah, and, uh, much. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I oh. think there, um, something like I mean, Thomas and Paul and I met each other at uh, at Bisha, the bar that I worked at. Just gonna grab the tea. And um, on my birthday. Yeah, and bonded instantly. It was just, I think it's just one of those things where I've mentioned on a few episodes all about energy, and it's like I work in a in a field of in hospitality where I meet hundreds of people every week, and I don't. I'm good. Yeah, go for it. Use that one. That's a good mug. Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Thank you. No tea for me, Paul. Paul's making a cup of tea. No shit. Irish as fuck. Making himself a cup of tea. But um, just when you... <laughs> Paul is failing at making a cup of tea. Which is why I have to start filming video. Yeah, I need to start doing video. We've got no apparatus. <laughs> you birdies. Like, we haven't even got a kettle here, lads. <laughs> I don't know what the ladies do when they come over. They don't have tea. Let me put it that way. Make yourself some tea, like, go across the street. Yeah. Is it bad of me that I actually thought that that was going to happen? I had faith that it wasn't going to happen. It was a pot. I'm under the influence. So, I was trying to explain how our energies all seem to match up, but I don't know where the fuck Paul is at this point. So, the point is, we all seem to get along. Very well, And the more I learned about these two gentlemen, the more that I learned that we have similar views and opinions on a, on a multitude of subjects, not just our fine taste in whiskey and women. 
So I thought it would be a good episode to come uh, have them on the show and discuss. I mean, I've been waiting to talk about COVID. Yeah. And you guys both post a lot of facts and a lot of statistics and a lot of information that I find interesting and that I agree with for the most part. I just think this whole COVID thing is affecting mental health oh, absolutely. And, and on, a, on a level that is unprecedented. Like the suicide rates are up. Oh, I, yeah. Wild. Like I've, I've lost two people relatively close to me, like in the last two weeks. Now there were complications and it wasn't say, oh, it's because of COVID, but you know, relapsing on drugs or alcohol and then having an accident or having a heart attack because of years of abuse. And it just so happened that it happened in the COVID lockdown. Yeah. I just think it's so fucking rageous, these, uh, the shit that we're being fed. And I know you both yeah. have strong opinions on it. So please unleash, unleash your wealth of knowledge. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just want to also say that a lot of this stuff that I post is not necessarily my own information mm-hmm. because I do know that only looking at one perspective or whatever can be incorrect. Of course. Uh, and missing, you know, misinformation is a big, is a big fucking thing, which yeah. is why the three of us are sitting here because we're sick and tired of the misinformation that's being fed to everybody. And it's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, yeah. CNN has been called out so many times for posting something, having it completely fucking wrong, people finding out about it. And later that day, kind of retract yeah, it with yeah, another yeah, yeah. updated article but people don't see that shit unless it's just it's scary because unless it's a situation where unless you call somebody out like yeah. it's it's just gonna it's just gonna go it's just gonna get let it slide exactly slide. and so you know with with this whole left-wing right-wing thing I've, I've, I've recently come to the realization because I mean, I'm from South Africa. I'm not too big into, you know, American or Canadian politics. politics. And, um, so, you know, I had a slightly different view of how politics work because in South Africa it worked completely different. Um, but ever since like coming here and then meeting Danielle, uh, I've, I've realized, I'm like, wait, holy, holy shit, you know, left wing, right wing, it's the same fucking bird. They're, they're, they're there to basically follow orders from us. You know, we vote them in. But no matter how you cut it, they're, they're both the same thing. They just word their shit differently to make us, you know, have this impression of like, it's different from one another. So you will always have opposites, no matter what, you know, and right now we have the maskers versus the anti-maskers. We've had in the past the vaxxers versus the anti-vaxxers. So there's always two different groups of people, which is very necessary because without it, balance would not exist. Gotta create an enemy too. Exactly. And, And also without the potential of bad, there cannot be the potential of good. Good cannot exist if there is not something to measure it by. So it, it is very important to have, you know, good and bad. And a good mask because you you need to have a good mask. You <laughs> those blue ones are annoying. They itch the shit out of your face. And, but those are those are considered medical grade, right? Yeah. So the medical grade mask. But are they? It's who's? I don't know, right? Because you buy you buy a box of them from a convenience mm-hmm. store for eight bucks. You don't know if they've actually even with like you read the label. It's like this is N95, whatever it is, medical yeah. grade mask. Is yeah. it really? Like, do we really fucking know? Well, and I mean, well, that's. Well, just yeah. This is the thing, John. Like those medical grade, if they are, they should have been just kept for the people working with this flu. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
because just like to be working with the you food. You use the word flu, and I agree. Yeah, yeah. If they were working with the food this time last year, they'd be using masks too, right? Like, and, and remember that too. But um, there's no need for everyone and their mother to be wearing these crazy food masks because environmentally they're destroying everything. Yeah. Uh, people are not even wearing the property. When if you're supposed to use well, them, they wear, wear them over your face, the nose, all that shit. And then at the same time, like the amount of crappy men in the world, these masks, like there's no need. They're not going to protect you. They might stop droplets and this and the other. Again, I am not a doctor, but like common sense, sense is going out the window with this flu. Like common sense is going out See, the window. There's far more problems with like uh, cardiovascular deaths, cancerous deaths, and suicide deaths. I'm sorry to hear about your, uh, you know, your your two close people there over the last short while, but like that seems to be in a lot of countries. Mm -hmm. And fuck this COVID, like it's. Uh, it's creating many other diseases. You know what I'm to say? Well, it's. I think that the focus is being put on the wrong issue here. I think yeah. that's what the big thing is. And like Thomas said, whether it's the blue or the red, Democrats, Republicans, whatever you want to call it, no matter what side it is, no one is acknowledging that there is a far greater thing going on. Oh, they just keep doubling down yeah. on COVID. Yeah. It's. I mean, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that there were more deaths last month responsible or, or caused by depression and suicide than COVID. Yeah. Worldwide. Well, I, would, I would say that's a very safe guess for me to make, that there's absolutely. no way COVID killed as many people as fucking depression and suicide last month. Fucking definitely not. And, and another thing that fucking frustrates me, well, okay, wait, it used to frustrate me. But now I am just, you know, I take everything as it comes because it has mm -hmm. to happen. It's, it, it has to happen. And so I, I don't let it bother me anymore. But on the on the website, on the Canadian government website, um, they posted there where they said there that in fine print at the bottom of their articles and their numbers and their stats and everything, it said there at the bottom that 50% of the numbers posted are made up numbers for potential future cases. But it says that right on the fucking site. Yes. I, what I'll do is I'll, I'll actually go find that link and I'll send it to you. Send it to me and I'll, when I promote this episode, I'll put the, uh, put the link on the Absolutely. For sure. And then if you, if you take that into consideration with the PCR test, where I think, uh, I think it was Reagan Hillier who posted it, um, where there's a 50 to 90% false positive rate because the PCR test is not made. Well, it's not designed to it, find COVID. Absolutely. Right? I, I've read, I read that somewhere where the, the test was never designed for COVID. No. And, you know, <laughs> a lot of people call it conspiracy theorists, but I, I kind of find it funny that the guy that initially made the test passed away, rest his soul. But not only that, even, even again, you know, COVID, what COVID is doing, it's like a combination of a war with one of those viruses from before, like the Spanish flu that we hear about now. Well, yeah, yeah we read about it. It was and like 15 million worldwide it killed. Yeah, but it's like a combination of both because we are at war, the psychological weird stuff, um, along with this virus at the same time. And it's, it's actually, I think it's far, far worse. What I find great is that um, there's actually an independent nonprofit alliance back in Europe that has just been established. Um, some of the main countries represented are the Netherlands, France, uh, Germany and Ireland. So these are doctors and nurses mm -hmm. um, from these countries. Um, they're a non-profit and they just have independent views on the whole thing. And what I found really, really interesting was that um, the doctors in the Netherlands are actually suing the government because they're saying it's not a normal flu virus. Therefore, should it be on list A? Because 
uh, list A means what we have, which is this, which is this lockdown. Um, large groups of doctors and nurses in the Netherlands as well will refuse to be met, will refuse to take this virus that's being planned for us. And even the doctor who was speaking at the time, she said uh, in her own words that she, her name is uh, Dr. Elke de Kirk, that, um, you know, with the language that she's using is that like they're expecting us to take this planned vaccine to mm -hmm. get rid of the virus. And these doctors in the Netherlands are actually suing their own government about that. In the same group, there's another doctor from Ireland. Now, remember, these, these people are actually under a lot of pressure because they're going against the status quo, right? And so what she said was, up at the end of April in Ireland, the CSO office in Ireland, which is the Central Statistics Office, said there was actually zero deaths uh, in COVID, right? In, so, in where? In Ireland? In Ireland, okay. yeah. Just use as an, an example. Again, you're tiny, tiny yeah, American, yeah, yeah. five million people. I'm just giving you kind of an example of like where well, the numbers are a bit skewed everywhere, right? So um, what she said, uh, it, out of 5 million people, there's only been 98 deaths since COVID began, 98. And they would have had underlying illnesses as well. Again, this is from um, one, of, one of the panel um, that are like um, a non-profit alliance of doctors and nurses in Europe. This is not my words. Um, and um, I found those very, very interesting, what, what she said. And then the, the, the last... Uh, one of the last speakers, again, this video will be made on, uh, available online on your podcast site, but one of the last um, speakers was a German doctor. And he said the, the whole point of this group, which um, is an independent nonprofit alliance uh, group of and doctors and nurses across your, Europe, the whole point of the group was actually to speak the medical truth about this virus, about this COVID-19. And remember, these are experts. This is not coming from me. These are experts. And they're actually putting their careers and livelihoods and reputations on, on the, the line. line. Yeah. Just to say their viewpoint. Yeah. When when the whole world is saying the sky is black, they're saying no, it's still actually but blue. I feel you know like I mean? that's what everybody's doing right now. Like, I mean, I, we're I, taking that risk being on We're this. taking that risk being, but we're not the ones, quote unquote, who matter. We're not the ones who yeah. should be yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We're the, at the upper yeah. echelon, like our doctors or our politicians are just like, you know what? Fucking time out. You know what? We took this too far, or we went about this the wrong way. We're sorry. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're working on. We'll work on fixing it. But there's, I just don't see an apology or anything yeah. from our government or necessarily our higher up medical professionals being like, like, ah, okay, okay, all right. You called us. Like you called us out. Like we fucked up. We mm -hmm. went a yeah. bit too far. We're sorry. How can we work on this moving together? Like, there's no trust. That's the biggest thing for me yeah. is the amount of misinformation mm -hmm. has completely disintegrated my trust. Yes. So when I see something on on the TV or I read something, it's just like, holy shit. There's there's a difference between taking it with a grain of salt and like I'm gonna spend the next half an hour researching this shit because I don't fucking believe it. And yeah. Do you think, John, it's just changed? Like, as in, doesn't matter. You could spend the half an hour researching, but you still don't know where you are because there's so much well, you don't know who to believe yeah. right because yeah. you're, you're not the expert so like what i try and do myself is just common sense like mm -hmm. when i look back now i love history and all the wars that happened in the past can you imagine you're back let's just use an example 100 years ago the first world war sure what was the communication between the distance of toronto here to ottawa or whatever else like like nobody would know anything you can imagine you couldn't blame people for making bad decisions back back then if you think about it because we don't know the information and we have information at, the, at our fingertips but we're in a swamp. Mm -hmm. Like it's all this conflicting stuff. Where back then they actually had no information at their fingertips and they had to rely on whoever showed up with the news. Yeah. Whether it's good news or bad. Yeah. But like, honestly, like I suppose I'm glad that we're all saying that, listen, we're not experts. We're just trying to look at it from a common sense point of view. Yeah. But like, I hate to say it, 
but that's the kind of war the war is between the maskers and the anti-maskers or the people that feel like yes this is a virus but it's definitely man-made so everyone can kind of agree that it's a virus that seems to be man-made and when, once you say that like that's just that sense sets off that's it that's oh yeah that's, you know it's not it's yeah. not like an, uh, some sort of natural disaster this you know, is it sets off fight or flight yeah, people yeah, that's exactly. one of those conversation topics that it's just that will ignite a fire inside anyone if uh um on that note if everybody or anybody wants to watch pan uh, it's called pandemic yeah. so you know the guy from london reel that does he interviews a bunch of people i'm sure i do uh and so he basically came together with a bunch of people and doctors and scientists and what well, you know he initiated the idea to create this show called pandemic um i'll i'll actually I have a copy of it mm-hmm. and i'll send it to Absolutely. you because you could download it um and then you can share like share a link to it or whatever yeah. so the people go and watch it and that just blew my fucking mind because they actually go into massive detail and speak to a lot of different professionals not just on the one side um you know that wants to disprove it but on the other side too so he kind of trying to find a truthful uh neutral balance. balance but you know exposing the shit for what it is mm-hmm. um and that is a good thing to go and go and watch yeah. it honestly it, it opened up my eyes to a different perspective for just, just in case you haven't been watching anything since march mm-hmm. because remember right now <laughs> this is what there should be more movies made right now anything can be watched because nobody can do anything else yeah. but watch shit yeah. on their ipad phone yeah. tv and god knows what else you're just consuming information and like people have gone through a fucking series of shit i haven't even like someday i'll finish breaking bad someday yeah. i'm almost there but like people have gone through so much stuff that like you can get lost in in the rabbit hole of all these documentaries as well like yeah there's so many of them well this I was is only an hour long yeah but like i was watching hyper normalization which is which is a kind of an old one um documentary before this pandemic happened because a friend of mine uh, uh passed it on to me and i meant to watch it for years and i, I put it off and hyper normalization was about how they reset things yeah and it goes back to the to the 80s in new york where basically the banks end up taking over the government because it came back to loans that sounds familiar so um it it just shows you the workings of things that kind of have to happen every couple of years mm-hmm. and this is more of a great reset than than a virus well i mean there's, there's a lot of things at play here, i'm just know? so interested and i'm so curious about why it's being treated like it's this this is this massive fucking thing that is just killing and cutting down families because fear like, is the easiest thing shit. to sell yeah. it's 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 wild it's wild and i mean even the point that that paul made uh, a few minutes ago about no one's fucking talking about how horrible for the environment these temply these uh, disposable yeah. masks are Sanitizer. it's insane what's the what's the like what's the one secret ingredient to selling and like marketing something to someone is tapping in and connecting with their emotions. Well, of course, it's what they're yeah, making them believe that they need. Exactly. So they, they how, need, how is it two, possible? There's actually two things, Thomas. So people will spend money for for pleasure, for pleasure or yeah. to get out of pain. Right? Yes. And this virus mm-hmm. is fucking pain. Mm-hmm. And I I guarantee you that it, like I mean, we can touch on it like I mean, people can't go to Paris and restaurants and enjoy themselves, but fuck me, I'd say every drug has been taken under the sun here because like people yeah. are losing their minds. The LCBO never shut or the, or the off license or whatever you want to call it but it's right by the government over here people overseas government get taxed off of it but like 
like that blows my mind. Like that blows my mind. It 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 just comes down to two things, two things, and that's what this pandemic is is uh, is structured around. And, and and that that's the fear. That's the fear I have. Like genuinely, I'm an optimistic guy, but like it's nearly November now. We're coming up to Christmas. It's, it's dark. It's gonna be cold. Like what, yeah. Like well, the, the, the depression is only gonna get fucking yeah. worse. Yeah. Like it really, really is. And I mean, we can we can move on and, and talk about even the the simple fact that gyms are now closed. And I mean, I am fucking livid. Like I can, I can have reduced hours. I can work a lot less. I can work not at all and and busy myself and and do Mm -hmm. something. But for my mental health, like it's like, I always had the gym. Like at at least the gyms are open. At least the gyms are open again. And like everything was still shit. But over the last few weeks, it's like, fucking that gives me direction i wake up i can yeah. look forward to the gym it's my place it's where i get to fucking throw some weight around blow some steam off yeah have some razor sharp focus for a yeah. bit and better myself yeah, yeah yeah now with the gyms closed like i i didn't i knew there was going to be an uproar but everywhere i look people are just like we need our fucking gyms yeah I started developing like eczema on my legs and my body and stuff. Well, I thought it was eczema, but the doctors didn't know what it was. I think I went to five different doctors. They all prescribed different ointments and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, everything on Google doctor. Yeah. Nothing seemed to, nothing seemed to work at all. Um, and so coming to Ontario, so like I, I've had that for six months and it started as psoriasis on my elbows. And eventually it started going to my face, through my legs, it, my feet. It was disgusting, man. Um, and it made me very self-conscious because I'm yeah. not used to this. Yeah. Um, and then meeting Danielle, she's like, go go vegan. I'm like, fuck, for what? Yeah. Like, what's, what's that going to yeah. do? <laughs> she's like, because, and she, she showed me a lot of data and studies and everything like that. I'm like, okay. And she also made me aware of the fact that so I'm very passionate about dogs. Mm-hmm. I'm super passionate. My mom is a dog rescue, like she's a, she rescues dogs and massive animal activist. So that's kind of, I think where I get it from. And so I've been, I've been always super passionate about dogs. And then she asked me, she's like, so you love animals and you know, the whole- Yeah, you love vegan. animals, but you eat meat. Yeah, yeah, so, but that's not the approach she took. She was kind and compassionate about it. And she just asked me questions. And then I came to the conclusion that I'm a massive fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Because I preach love and care for animals and how important animals are. But then I pay for the slaughter of them that has absolutely no fucking purpose, but the taste of my mouth. Mm -hmm. Because after going through a lot of studies and things like that, I've come to the realization like, holy shit, there's actually nothing in it that's good for you. When ethics go, it's when ethics go good, right? I mean, I, I can understand that. I'm, I will never, like, I eat far less meat and consume far less dairy than I used to. And I mean, from a health standpoint, that is definitely one. Yeah. But for me, much more so, it is the ethical standpoint. Yeah. Which is the bigger thing. Like, I watched a documentary a couple of months ago called uh, My Teacher the Octopus. And it was all Oh, about, dude, I fucking cried at the end of that. I, was, I haven't been able to eat octopus since. I was just like, I, yeah, I can't do that again. That is so. the first time I felt bad about something like that. Yeah. Fish. The first yeah, time, because yeah. then- A cephalopod. Yeah. 
Seth Danielle was like, come watch this with me. That's beautiful, that's a beautiful term. And, and after watching it, like close to the end, I fucking cried. Yeah. Not because it's a sad show, but because of how shit I felt because this yeah, that's is, the that's the that's the heartstring and pull side, right? Yeah, it's like oh my god, these are incredible creatures, and I've been. It's one of the most fucking intelligent hang on, living hang creatures on, on. on this planet. Someone's gonna have to correct me here because I'm not a movie buff. I try, but you know, there was a You're in the industry. You fucking better learn. Dude. Well, listen, it's <laughs> just it's just I don't know. Sometimes I just too much shaking out of my mind. Okay, there's I don't movie, believe that for a second. There's a mu- There's a movie a few years ago, and Seth Rogen was a voice in it because it was an animation. But it was an animation. It was an adult movie. It was about like. Sausage party. Sausage party. Mm-hmm. We talked about little the little carrots getting killed and all that sort Buddy, of stuff. Buddy, you never watched it? Did you see it? No, so, I haven't seen it. Holy so, fuck, man. So, so I've only seen bits of it, but like I, when I after watching it, I was like, mother of God. Are we just gonna live off oxygen? You know what I mean? Like what are we gonna live off? Like I grew up on a farm. So growing up on a farm, you have a completely different view. Well, yes, that's a because that's a completely different lifestyle. Completely. Mm-hmm. And even if you want to be on an ethical standpoint, the environment you have to be very ethical about as well. Mm-hmm. When you're yeah. flying tofu or whatever else it is. Okay, but, but hang veganism on, let me finish isn't my point. just about that though. Yeah, but let me finish my point. Veganism is, is like is like CrossFit. Like you hear about it like so No often. no no. I don't know about that. No, I don't think one one is to save other beings. One is to fucking join a hang on a second. Let me finish my point. Let me finish my point, right? We're in a very we're in the second biggest landmass on earth here, right? And here before the white man came and it was in this most natural state the indigenous people were able to live a kind of a whole human being you know kind of embracing everything and live well because they they had both they they weren't just vegans for example and they lived in harmony with everything else so veganism yeah you can feel like you're in harmony you know what what, let me finish let me finish my point consisted of the most okay but let me finish my okay corn fair enough they also the buffalo was everything to them right Mm -hmm. um my point was that uh, no, no, just like in, in democracy and capitalism or, or communism or whatever else, nothing is fully correct because in veganism you have a lot of problems where you have to fly, you have to use, you have to use, you know, you have to water crops for example that costs lots and lots of money, uh, bring your irrigating stuff. It's all costing money. It's got environmental impacts. There's impacts on everything that you do. If you do farming correctly and you have sustainable farming it can also work because you're not going to satisfy all the people all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what is wrong with farming is the likes of, and the USA in particular, the capitalistic farming that's come in in the last couple of years, especially in the USA, animals are treated very, very badly, but it's not reflected in places like Europe. That's not recently. That's been going on for years. That's been going yeah. on for years. But in places like Europe, we still have the family farm approach, which is um, the animals are actually looked after. Um, people people think if I stop using animals, they'll all live in like some happy animal sanctuary. That doesn't exist, right? They won't be around, okay? So they're here, and if they're here and they're looked after, well, then I think it's perfect. I, I, I totally get where people are coming from. I think from. that's a point that vegans can agree with. Yes. And I think it's not, it's not necessarily, don't consume meat. It's more for the ethical treatment of animals. It's like, yeah. I love turkey. I love, Which I, I agree with. love turkey. Yeah. But... If you were to give me the option of I can only have fruit and vegetables, or I can have turkey turkey once in a while from a sustainable farm where it's raised and treated properly, or I can have turkey whenever the fuck I want because there's fucking millions of them slaughtered with their heads cut off. That's, that's up true. to you. It's like so, I'm gonna lean that way. So the way Danielle explained it to me, and and it made a lot of sense to me because I I got fucking massive anxiety just thinking about going vegan. I'm like holy shit, what what the fuck am I gonna eat? Mm-hmm. And I had that outlook because of ignorance. 
because I did not take the time to educate myself. I relied on other people to educate me. So I always had a very biased opinion towards veganism mm. because of what other people told me. Weird, misinformation. Misinformation. Weird. Eh? Weird. And so Danielle said to me, you know, veganism is about making the least amount of damage possible. Mm. We're, we're never gonna be 100% fucking peaceful or do everything right 100% of the time. But what we do have control over is the actions that we, we take, the choices that we make. Mm. And so it's about doing the least amount of damage possible. Like, fuck, I need to buy a shoe, but this particular shoe that I need has leather in it. I don't have any other option, so I'll, I have to buy it. So I'll buy it. If so I be more respectful than just elitist. If I, if I can't find any other alternative to that specific thing. Yeah. But if it's something like a wallet, I'm, I, I'm not going to buy a leather wallet because I'm essentially funding the company that is responsible for, for this. Exactly. So there are different wallets. So yes, I will choose to buy this wallet. Same as a jacket or a sweater or whatever. So it's, it's in the moment where you have the choice to choose one or the other that you go with the, the lesser evil. But fast fashion is probably worse than the whole and that's that side of it too. That's so that's something else that drives me insane. It's a holistic yeah. approach because, like, at the end of the day, and this is the thing: when you um, we're in the age of misinformation, we're in the age of like basically whatever has money behind it, the story will sell, and yeah. shitty stories sell better. But also, we're in the age of behind these fucking idiots that call themselves influencers, and they wouldn't fucking influence me to do anything good in my life. So yeah. you have that problem too, where like basically, like it's whatever has the money behind it will will sell. Okay, yeah. so there's misinformation all of the time. Not only that, there's less and less common sense. Like, you know, I mean, as I say, go back 100 years and those guys were 17 years of age working off, changing the face of the world by fighting in the war, whether that was right or wrong. But the point is that men had to grow up. Now, like, and I'd like to see Joe Rogan touched on this before and Jordan Pedersen, men have like kind of, there's actually no threat at all really. So like we're all a bunch of fucking retards sitting softies. around softies waiting for the next softies. thing to kind of fight about. And I'm not fighting about veganism. I mean, there's a, there's a good joke where um, basically it's just two lads walk into a bar. They're both vegans, and uh, there's the. There's, <laughs> I thought that was the end of the joke. I there's, like, there's the bar. Well, that's the thing. Abstract. It was like very I abstract. mean, this is the thing. So the I two. Don't so, forget, I still need to get onto my point. So All the right. two lads walk into the bar. They're both vegans, right? They go up to Johnny at the bar. Johnny, I mean, they're probably they're probably going to be a pain in the ass, man, because they'll have to fucking find a drink that will uh, be actually fucking vegan. Okay, so vegan you too. left out that they're Irish. Listen, 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 listen. So they're not going to find, <laughs> listen, they're going to be a pain in the arse to you. They're not going to find a drink that's going to be suitable. And like, they're just a pain in the ass. You have to tell everyone that they're vegan. All right, but listen, <laughs> if them, these two boys start fighting now, John, you're going to have to throw them out. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah. But Thomas, if two vegans start fighting, do they still have beef or, or what's the story? <laughs> like, what, what would you call it? I would call it Satan beef. Or yeah, it'd be an imitation of beef or mushroom. Yeah, wouldn't it be really? What's that? Um, barely meat. What's it called? I can't believe it. Beyond meat. Beyond, beyond meat. meat. Yeah. Beyond I still can't believe it's not butter. They've got a beyond beef. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let's beyond a good night out. But anyway, back to my point. Why I'm why you know onto this vegan thing. When I went vegan, all right, and it was a quick transition. It happened really quickly because Danielle took me to a to a restaurant, um, bar Vegandale. Okay. And I had the chicken. I was like, holy shit, is this what vegans eat? She's yeah. like, yeah, why? I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. 
And so I'm uh, like, can you explain to the people what you were actually, what actually was the chicken I was actually made of? Because this is fun. It was made out of seitan, and the other one is tofu. I right. think I what think it's seitan. What the hell is seitan? It's gluten wheat powder. I think. I mean, listen. <clears throat> okay, let's but go anyway, into that. like, listen. No, hang on a second. What the, the fuck is that? And like, where's that? The closest texture. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously, you could have just again, shut up for a second, though. Right? You could have gone out there, fucking rest of the chicken. Right, fucking plucked them, done all that stuff, and cooked them and eaten them before you find that stuff. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's all imitations of stuff that's probably damaging the body even more. That's the point, is because they didn't want to hurt the chicken. Exactly. The imitation is. So, the reason why. So, John, eat this weird shit. (laughs) The reason why these faux foods exist is because we still want to enjoy the taste of these things without the sacrifice. Yeah, but if you give it to like a, if you give it to a baby grown up, you've never tasted meat, well then they're not gonna have to. Okay, tell me this: if if you put, if you have a baby there, okay, or a toddler. By the way, guys, for those of you uh, listening, uh, because most of you are, is there a video? Thank fuck, there's not. There is no baby here. Okay. There's no baby here. If That'd there, be strange. If there is a toddler in the room and you put Which a fucking not. fruit or a vegetable or a live rabbit in front of it, what do you think it's going to try and eat? The rabbit. <laughs> I'd go for the rabbit. <laughs> you would too, Johnny. <laughs> That's because your parents fucking locked you up in a basement growing no, up. I, I, I was never locked up anywhere. I was left in the fields just to fend for myself. <laughs> like, like, exactly. like, like basically, you know like Sparta? Yeah. It was like that. I, it was Irish. We made a pitchfork. You know? yeah. It was like... Only the strong survive. But guys, any that know Johnny here, won't look at the man. He would fit in in a, in a, in a kind of caveman world anyway. Yeah, anyway don't worry about it. Thomas, I, I worry. I worry about Thomas. <laughs> There's not says, enough says fucking the one, carrots out there. Wait, wait, says the one that has an Instagram post that says, I am a princess. So, okay, you. can you describe what that post is? Like, it, I, I can't even remember. <laughs> I just remember. It, it's me as kind of somewhere between a sex doll and a cartoon. Like someone's sort of done a done a, Is that a caricature with a, a, caricature. a ballerina tutu on. Yeah. So yeah. So, anyway, anyway, back to the point. So when I went, like, since I gone full vegan, yeah. Uh, dun, dun, probably dun. probably a month or two after that, the eczema on my body was gone. Mm-hmm. All of it gone, and not only that. I had so much energy. I did not know what to do with myself. I think I slept two, three hours a night for the first three, four weeks. But that that's just me because I like to do things at Fuck, night. Fuck, I can't, I need to sleep. I no, 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 but that's not for him. See, I'm a, I'm a night owl. I only yeah. go to bed at one or two o'clock in the morning and then up six, seven o'clock again. Yeah. So those times when my body's used to being up and awake, the body responded to it and was like, okay, we're gonna allocate energy here. I'm not exactly sure if that's how it works, but for me it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, prior to going vegan, you know, my my mom battles with a lot of you know depression and things like that, and it's it's a very apparent thing in my family. And growing up, the reason why I got into personal development coaching and confidence coaching, all these things, is so that I can find exactly like how the fuck does this mind work so that we can fix it and change it number one because i i want to help my mom uh you know growing up single mom you know two kids we we didn't necessarily have the worst fucking possible life you can imagine Mm -hmm. but sure as fuck it wasn't easy like we went through some shit and um so mental health has always been a thing and myself included you know having carried so much trauma from my childhood that manifested in my adult life lifestyle mm-hmm. and life um 
I realized like, holy shit, I need to go back and fix these sources. So that's kind of the transition when I started going on to this, you know, this journey to figure out this, this thing we call the mind, yeah. which also named itself and also goes, what yeah. the fuck when it realizes that it named yeah, itself. Yeah, it's like, how, like, how do we figure out to call it the brain? Like the yeah. brain named itself. Right? Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. And so, so progressively over the years, when I moved to Canada in 2015, great fucking year, I was driven, motivated, nobody can stop me, nothing can stop me. But I've always had, so, symptoms of depression. Yeah. So we all experience symptoms of depression. That does not mean we have depression. Just because you have a headache does not mean you have a fucking burst artery in your head. It's just a symptom of, and everybody experiences these symptoms. And what happened with what happens with most people is they trap themselves there. They focus, they hyper-focus onto it. They hold onto it because they want to solve it. Meanwhile, it's been solved. It can be changed very, very quickly, but we hold on to that and we experience it and it then becomes our programming. It becomes our habit. It becomes our lifestyle, the choices that we make, subconscious patterns. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big thing for me. So I, every single fucking day is like, I had to figure out a way how to be my best self. Yeah. And so that's how, you know, I started learning about it. I just think that it's, it's, I mean, it's so interesting because it is so true. And I think a, a lot of people out there experience these symptoms of depression and we trap ourselves in these mindsets these negative mindsets when we don't have access to what we need yeah. to better our mental health absolutely and with the lockdown going on and all that kind of stuff it's it's it really seems that a lot of the unimportant things or the less important things yes. are being prioritized over i mean i can't believe that like malls are open and yeah. gyms are closed i mean i know yeah, i keep like, coming back to gyms but it's just it's it's that place, whether it's uh, a cardio class or you're a power lifter yeah. or you're just like walking on the treadmill or even if you just, you don't even go to work out, you're just there to fucking socialize. It's, like, a, it's it okay to be in a place. shopping. Yeah, it's okay to be in a grocery store with a bunch of fucking people Exchanging around you. Exchanging money, everyone's touching, everybody, everyone's exactly. touching produce and all that kind of stuff. I, that, that, it, that's not being regulated nearly as much. I just did groceries and no one gives a shit. Fuck, I think the gym is probably one of the most sanitary it places it's because it's just places. gym ethic to wipe your shit down after you're done using it. Yeah, and there's not thousands of people going through a lot of, a lot of locations. Like so gyms already had this whole fucking wipe your shit down way ahead of COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the way it is back in the time of, uh, you know, kings and queens, you would have just been locked into the castle or locked out of the castle. Like, they're leaving the food open because basically people would just starve. You know what I mean? And they have to leave the supermarkets open. They don't have to leave the, uh, the beer stores open, but they just do because people would probably go mental. Was it that's, I'm not saying that they should close grocery stores, but I'm just saying that instead of closing down more places. Yeah, there's a hypocrisy. There's, there's a hypocrisy. Yeah. I think the wrong, a lot of the wrong places were closed Yeah, down. of course. Um, to be fair, like one of, one of the lads back home, he wrote a strongly, as we, we joke, a strongly worded letter. No, but a very informative letter, a very respectful letter to um, the Minister of Health back home explaining of why gyms, you know, should be kept home, open for mental health mm -hmm. and physical health and, and everything else. And like, you know, everyone knows that I was in, for example, I was training for a triathlon a couple of years ago. I was in good shape and I went through the back of a car. I was fit and I survived. Like if I was weaker and I wasn't as well built, I would have fucking died. Yeah. That's just the way it is. So if you're trying to combat a virus, you should have a stronger body and mind. Yeah. Right? Not fucking weaker. Bro, so so uh, again, you're making the point. I, I, that's the sort of stuff, the common sense, like 
yesterday I went to extreme lengths to basically drive an hour and a half out of the city just to find a park that I could just do a run in. Mm. Like, just because I was going fucking nuts. And like, that's the stuff, that's the virus right there. You know, suicide rates have gone through the roof in most countries um, since this virus has happened. And not only that, you're gonna have a problem now where people can't pay for their homes and businesses, et cetera, et cetera. And people will, will, will get suicidal over that. People won't have incomes. This, this capitalism is the virus. This, this whole fucking COVID thing that may or may not have been generated in China by, by who knows who, the Americans, the Chinese, the Russians, who knows, everyone's pointing fingers. But there's a lot watch, of other diseases out there. Watch pandemic. Watch pandemic. Whatever it is, like there's a lot of other diseases out there. Like, and I, I hate the fact that we're arguing with each other over over everything. When, when at the end of the day, like people just use your. If you use your common sense, we can actually just understand that this is a pile of bullshit. Just as if all things that happened in history were a pile of bullshit. Like, you, you use the example of the First World War. It was basically quarreling cousins, an economic situation. Who's got the bigger dick? And that was that was World War One. Like this, this thing as well is about greed. Greed. It's about money exchanging hands, and it's a it's a power grab. That's all this is about, and it's happening in our generation in 2020. For many people in their in their late 20s to early 40s, this is like their second recession. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is there going to be fucking war in 10 years? Who knows? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Read the book George Orwell, 1984. Yes, the, the, the similarities are because that incredible. that is where it's at. I am not George Orwell by any means. The man must have been a genius, or from a different planet, or a different future, or a different world, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. But like, if you read that, the movie's super disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's a disturbing movie, but you have to watch it, and you'll sit there halfway through going, anyway, "I really want to turn this off," but you just have to watch it. Yeah. When you when it's all over, you'll understand. Yeah, brother. And you'll be scared. You'll be scared. And. That's, see, that's, see, that's, that's, that's but see, that's the thing is this is like this podcast, for instance, is not necessarily to scare people, but to wake them up to be like, hey, listen, stop feeding this fucking fire. Mm. Come and feed this one because this is this is one that's going to light your way. And this other fire is going to fucking destroy everything. <laughs> so which fire are you going to light? And so essentially the, the shit that I post on Instagram yeah. is not to scare people. It's to be like, hey, listen. Just, just look a bit further than what they're fucking giving you. Yeah, I think it's it's always a good idea to do your own research. And I mean, yeah. I've found myself at, at certain points in the past caught by something that was either said to me or something that I read and didn't bother researching it. And then I just followed it blindly into the yeah. fucking night like an idiot. We all make mistakes like that. Absolutely. But the more opportunities we have to share pertinent information and reliable yes. information, like that's the, the reason I follow Dr. Hillier is because of yeah, you. Yeah. Like I got okay. I got his information from your Instagram yeah. posts and your stories. Like, okay, cool. I'll do some reading on it myself. And then the letter that he sent to the government and how people are trying to come down on him because he's saying he's using misinformation when he's done nothing but present facts. Yeah, he only speaks all about facts. Down, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I'm not backing down. He's no. like, the people need to know I'm not going to fucking back down. And Absolutely. the more people that are like that in positions of power that come forward and take a stand, the better. Because unfortunately, if people like us, three guys bitching into a microphone, you know, we're speaking facts, great. But the people who are the positions to actually have a much larger influence, yeah. they need to step the fuck but up. But the people, well. the people like Snowden, right? He spoke about injustices at, at scale in the world and what's happened in transition of power years before this pandemic mm-hmm. or scandemic or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. And that man has just been silenced. Mm-hmm. 
You know what? He can't say? come back. He can't come back. Like, like, so it's yeah. great saying all this. Like, you like know what I mean? It, history was always written by the victors. So the, the bad guys were always the guys that, 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 that mainly the British bet or the US bet on a world scale. And everyone else was wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing going forward. A lot of these doctors and nurses that stand up and other experts will actually stick their head above the parapet and will be taken out. And who knows how they'll be written about in the, in the years coming. Exactly. That, that goes back to 1984. You erase history and you erase what happened and it throws people off completely. Very, very funny. From looking in at this country, like last January here in this country, indigenous people, and they were um, expressing the 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 ab- absolute kind of ignorance of their of their plight where where these um, pipelines were going through their lands right they were seen as a nuisance by the ordinary Canadians it lasted about three months and they were basically shooed off right then you had the um, the pandemic then you had the Black Lives Matter the black the the pandemic straight away has you have the divisions there uh, between people Black Lives Matter has more divisions. And it's just one setup after the other. There's always something there. Some people are seen as nuisances or some people are they're good to get behind. Now we've got the Black Lives Matter kind of hushed down. We've got the we've we've got the pandemic. There always has to be an enemy there. Yeah. Yeah. There always has to be an enemy enemy. Look back at your history, there was always an enemy. And the funny thing about this country too, when you're living here, you're in this country where it's full of immigrants from all different countries, which if you go back a few years, they were actually all enemies in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. You know, if there was Europeans here. Um, yeah, yeah, the east versus west is that and the other. But they all mix in here. So people look and they're embarrassed of their past. And that's why sometimes what I noticed again by looking in in this country, the indigenous people got treated bad because all the migrants came together. And it was mm-hmm. like under the Canadian Canadian umbrella, we're like, yeah, they're a nuisance. Like we always have to have someone to blame. Yeah. You know what I'm trying people to say? Love, people so, love to pick a side. Exactly. Yeah, love to love pick a side. And I, I hate the fact that um, some countries more than others go, oh, we're perfect. No, you're fucking not perfect. Like you might be, for example, you know, um, pro all sexuality, pro races, is that and the other. But you picked one race, for example, the, the natives here in January that you completely shoot off. Yeah. So people are always taking sides or whatever it is. Yeah. And like, that's that's what's wrong with fucking humanity, and that's what's wrong with this situation where people should just use common sense. Use common sense and try get a balanced view. And if you can do that, we'll give a very good understanding of what's actually kind of sort of maybe going on behind this COVID nineteen blanket. But like common sense is not even happening out here. Like you've 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 people at the weekends, they're going out into the fresh air, they're still wearing the masks. I don't know how they're breathing correctly in any way, shape, or form. People are sanitizing themselves so often they won't have any immune systems when it actually comes to you know the the cold part of the year or flu season, which but is that's actually what real, your immune system real is. system. Well, that's bacteria. The, that's the, that's and this is fucking designed for. Yes, yeah, and it's this called an immune system for a fucking reason. Exactly, and, then, and you're not meant to be healthy 365 exactly. days a year for your entire when, fucking life. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't need an immune system. Exactly. When things are going super clean and when there's um, people are, are not being exposed to anything, there's going to be huge other problems. Just like there'd be huge problems if the COVID was actually disappeared in the mornings there's still a massive backlog of businesses closed people unhealthy people kind of crazy people people deciding probably not to go back to their jobs because they realized how shit their job was because there's so much yeah. to think about it so there's all this shift, mad like stuff, shift yeah. everywhere cut out the middleman as well so basically COVID-19 health has fucked things up businesses fucks things up on the business side of things they've either sped things up crazily and basically got rid of the middleman for example or slowed things down so for example the old style business is dead you know, there's no need to have a store when you just go directly online. Yep. And that's sad. Well, I'll say it again, like, 
boardrooms. Like no one's gonna use boardrooms anymore. Even after this, it's yeah, like we no. can do it over Zoom. Yeah. Or like shit can get done which, over which fucking for, email. Yeah. For, guy, for, guy, for guys like us, it's tough because um, you you operate better in the real world. Yeah. Like, well, we, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's gonna take us to our to our final point, which is our our careers essentially yeah. depend on, on being social. Mm. Yeah. Whether it be you know, I much prefer to be in room for an audition. Or if you're going to be out there, especially for a couple of, like, I mean, I just got into the union. And I mean, that, that took a lot of work. But for a couple of guys who are non-union, the amount of hands you have to shake and the amount of people you have to meet and the amount of right people you have to meet, yeah, you can't fucking do that over email. You can't do that over no. Zoom. Like there's only so much you can there's only so much you can sell about yourself over a Zoom audition or a Zoom. Oh yeah, Zoom meeting. yeah. It's selling who you are in person and having that taken away from us. On top of the gyms, on top of social aspects, on top of everything. Yeah. It's just I think at the end of the day, everyone's mental health is being far severely more affected than their than their fucking physical health which is why i want to finally finish my point that i started fucking 20 episodes ago finish that point ever since i went vegan back in 1984 <laughs> so i i fucking struggled with anxiety i had panic attacks every now and then but slight ones uh ones manageable but i was my fucking mental health wasn't great it was fucking declining each and every day to a point where i'm like what's the fucking point Two years ago, I said to my counselor, I'm like, what's the point of all of this? I, I, I'm not unhappy. I'm not super happy. But what is the point? Why? What the fuck? Or what are we doing? If I have a choice to be here, I don't want to fucking be here. Mm. And that was two years ago. And so now it was at a, at a slightly much lower you know, place. So, yeah, so because you think it because the Because I'm like, fucking hell. You know, no, this is before I went vegan. I was like, fucking hell, no matter what I do, and, and it was my fault because it was my perception, it was what I looked for, but I was like, holy shit, it just doesn't fucking stop. Like when it rains, it pours, and yeah. the shit's just coming. But that was my own fault, you yeah. know, because what you focus on, you attract. Well, that's, stuff. yeah, that the whole secret, that's a whole, yeah. that's a whole other fucking And thing, so, but. so when I went vegan, a month, two months later, no more fucking anxiety. I never, I can't remember when was the last time I felt anxious. As long as you give reasons, you will never find a solution. But you mean, are you saying give reasons instead of making excuses? You're essentially well, saying it, making excuses. Well, it, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's not necessarily make an excuse, but it is. But it's, you know, it, it ties down to a belief. You're, what you're used to, what you know, what you've learned, what you've been programmed mm -hmm. to be. And that's the hard part is coming to terms with the fact that, oh shit, I can, act, I can choose at any given point but you're always gonna go with what's more comfortable. Mm -hmm. That's just what we do as human beings. And and so that's well, of why- of course, I mean, there's a whole thing where it's comfort kills and when you get too stagnant, like, you know, it's bad for you. And I agree with that yeah. as well. I mean, I will agree with you. You know, you are what you consume, not necessarily just your food, but your information, the company you keep, the energy. Exactly. You are what you consume, you become and then you become what you consume if you it's, want to take it one it's step a cycle, further. Yeah. 100%. It's a cycle. It's a, it's a way of life. And yeah, once I once I stopped that cycle and I said, hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And everything thanks to Danielle. You know, she yeah. has she has helped change my life in so many different ways. It's, mm -hmm. it's unreal. 
and she actually allowed me and and she did very very intelligently too she wasn't fighting with me about it she's just asking me questions and then i came to the conclusions i'm like hold up okay i actually well, it sounds a- like you came to the conclusions on your own yes so you were you were presented information you were given the opportunity to educate yourself yes and you made a conscious decision absolutely at the end of the day i think is what the point is so basically thomas what you're telling me john and everyone else that's listening is that in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. you actually turned vegan absolutely and 100%. it's been a success oh 100 you see i actually i actually applaud that that's that's very very impressive because i see the points of veganism and for example you know playing sport you have to have a certain amount of discipline because i think veganism because i was discipline and actually ethics as well right mm-hmm. discipline absolutely. discipline as much mm-hmm. i i would try veganism because from the way thomas has talked before tonight as a mate uh, i see the benefits of it um but what i will say is me personally i couldn't change something like veganism right now during this massive pandemic because i have enough shit on, on the plate and that's with all due respect to thomas um because it's a tough time, right? And like, I was reading there the last day and, and like, you know, the, all these weird and wacky ways to kind of feel better during this pandemic. And to be honest, I didn't relate to any of the fuckers. Like, they're all on about like, blah, 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 you know, believe in the government that there's a virus and, you know, things people are working together to make this virus go away. So when I was looking at it, I, I, I found a few things, but it was just, it's just common sense. Like, for example, find comfort food, you know, kind of go back to like, you know, like you're basically going into kind of hibernation mode and like protect yourself among this time. So like, again, fair play to Tom for like managing to change life. So I like couldn't, because I, I found myself eating worse just to kind of feel better about myself during, during this pandemic. Yeah. But I suppose what they, um, it was very like hard to find people who actually had genuine, um, surprisingly you know interesting ways of getting through this pandemic they're actually kind of depressing the positive sides of things so i just met up my own and to be honest with you one of the greatest ones i just met up my own is just because I've, I've used the pandemic as an excuse is to go around and try and help people that need help right so like i'm pretty friendly with a with a, a, a you know a couple of irish groups here and a lot of them have elderly people because when you were in the world of that was more social you had to be part of these groups they're all part of these groups like a football group tourism group you know, um, a group from a specific area in Ireland called Mayo. And these people can't meet with their friends right now. So I go and visit them as best I can. And like, I went to one couple who I'm very, very friendly with. Now they go, would you mind checking in on our friends? Cause they need help with their internet or whatever else. And the reason I'm saying, saying this sort of stuff is that I wouldn't have done this if the pandemic hadn't happened because you have more time on your hands. So like there is positives with this pandemic that like are not out there. And I think common sense is very, is very, very, um, kind of it's not used enough and basically common sense would be like just try and treat people during, better during this pandemic like you had a story about your landlord for example mm-hmm. and like in the middle of the stress of everything else that landlord has, has his or her stresses too right of course she does. and they reached out to you go hey john we know we know your situation right now we'd like to offer you a reduction in rent and in, in a in a in a big big bad city like toronto that's that was, nice to yeah, see and that's that a was, good that's a good thing that came out of COVID. you've now seen a different side of your landlord because of COVID, which is mm-hmm. fucking great mm-hmm. and fair play to them because i think landlords get a bad name yeah but like a lot of good has come in this pandemic and I'm, i was trying to bring back the points like it was good that thomas managed to change his whole ways and turn and turn vegan it's good that i'm trying to give out to different people it's good that you've seen a different side of your landlord maybe you've changed different ways and like mm-hmm. what way do you what have you seen in yourself that you kind of changed or open your eyes about in a positive way with this pandemic the biggest that's a very good question the biggest <clears throat> change that i've had to make about myself 
I mean, I think it started subconsciously and then I really had to make an effort and do it consciously on a regular basis is trying to focus on the positive because like we said earlier, it's so easy to get stuck in a rut or stuck, yeah. stuck in a negative mindset. <clears throat> yeah. Whether it's fear, whether it's comfort, whether it's you just you feel that you have no one to turn to. It's just so easy because yeah. it doesn't require any effort. Yeah. It's so easy to do. You just say, fuck it, I just have to sit here. But can I say one thing, John, and Thomas is gonna back me up here one hundred and ten percent. One thing that this man done during the pandemic that I thought was the coolest thing ever, straight up, he basically had a cool meeting of a bunch of lads just being positive. Which was, which was man's giving that you held yeah, yourself, yeah, you, you created that party yourself. It was a great day and night and that very late, Monday. early morning, right? Yeah. It was yeah. unreal. But what John done was very, very simple. He, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, uh, you know, reshape the world, but like a great idea where basically he goes, lads, I want to have a positive get together. Just lads, being lads. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic. For mental but just health. Me- yeah, yeah, mental health. Mental yeah. health, he called it. Um, and that was the focus of it. And it, it just it was this, it was, that was it. It was just lads just getting shit off their chest. And it was yeah, great, absolutely. man, and fair play. And I applaud you. I think that's something you found, you didn't actually realize that you learned about yourself during COVID-19. Well, and, yeah, and that's, that's Which is a great point. thing, like seriously, Thomas, like yeah, seriously. Like, appreciate it. That's, I think that's just one of those things is just making a much more of a conscious effort just yeah. to be positive because whether we like it or not, like- things, So you done what you thought you were not going to do it. You, like, you actually done it. 100%. So 100%. take credit for that, man. Things aren't going to change overnight, and you can either be upset and wallow in it, or yeah. you can try give or or try and give a reason to yeah. be positive. So we don't. So this COVID nineteen, we done three great things. We like Thomas improved his health by basically focusing on a on a on a, on a big diet change. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to give more of my time to people, and you're somewhere in between, John, yeah. where you like you're looking after people's mental health and and giving time to well, people at the same time. I, I think there could be more of that. You know what I mean? Well, like your landlord. What would your landlord be? That there. That's another example of they they give they they open their purse strings a bit more. You know yeah. what I mean? Spread the wealth. Without, they literally without, spread the wealth. But it's like paying it forward and all that kind of yeah. stuff, right? It's yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Everyone, it's been benefiting everyone. I mean, all we need now is for. Uh, is for in-room auditions and for more sets to open back up. Oh man, for us to get back on fucking screen. And oh man, that that's once again a frustrating topic. But um, <laughs> we're all God, we're all here. We're all we're all here. here. And we're at the end here. of the day, you know, this shit has to happen. Yeah. This this needs to happen. It, and a lot of people are gonna be like, oh no, it doesn't need to happen. You know, fuck. What type of accent was that, John? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't need to happen, uh, Thomas. Well, I could have done a, an American Karen voice, but. Thomas, Thomas, introduce yourself, guys. This is a sexy accent. Introduce yourself in Afrikaans. Because listen to this, guys. This is a language not many people know. Hello, Thomas and Jere. My name is Thomas Ihu. I come from South Africa. I is 29 years old and I now in Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. So basically, I said, Hey, my name is Thomas Hugo. I'm 29 years old. I'm from South Africa and I live in Toronto, Ontario. Beautiful. So what, that so was beautiful. What, is, that, is that a South African accent? Is that what? So this no. is. This is our dialect. So, so this. I know, is no, I know it was dialects. a different language. It was a different language, but like, so your accent is it would be considered a standard South African accent. No, I think a standard South African accent would be like the guy in District Nine. What? Uh, okay, yeah. No, you fucking pros. Like Diane word. Okay, so then we could we could use this as a tangent or a stepping stone. And as an actor, as well as someone from South Africa, yeah. 
How did Leo do in Blood Diamond? So he he didn't have a South African accent though. He had I think it was a North African accent. So it's a more of an African accent than okay. a South African mm-hmm. accent. Because mm-hmm. you have to remember, like South Africa has so many different cultures. Well, there would be it. so many different dialects. So so, many so there's accents. no one way to, to to like say this is the standard South well, African accent. Well, like everything gets Walmarted or like it's Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. It's like they give us one that everyone will know. Like. Everyone knows this Dutch accent, or everyone yeah. knows this French accent. Okay, or everyone so knows this South African. My accent. name is Thomas Hugo. I'm from South Africa. Uh, so this would be your more standard Afrikaans accent. Uh, so like, if you're from Cape Town, you know every your pitches are very high, uh, and you sound kind of you know more put together, and um, you kind of sound posh because Cape Town is posh. But yeah. if you go more to like the the West Rand, like Johannesburg, Pretoria, you know, this is kind of the and and this is usually the accent that people mock and make fun of. Yeah, because this is how people. But talk. the ladies love that accent, to be fair. Uh, in South Africa, if they're English, eh, not so much. But then you come <laughs> to Canada yeah. and they eat that. Sh- yeah. Like in South Africa, if I were to do that in front of my friends, like we would be mocking people with yeah. that accent. Yeah. But then I do it here in Canada, and they're like. Oh my god, that is so sexy. Because, <laughs> because, 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 and that's why I need to travel. I need my accent somewhere else. <laughs> Fuck! Get this, get this about films. First of all, anyone out there, if you like the film Blood Diamond, you would love the film Black 47, right? Yeah. It's basically a mix between Gladiator meets Braveheart meets a pile of pretty <laughs> woman somewhere in there, right? Basically, it's class, right? It's Black 47. But it's our version of, of Blood Diamond. And get this, John. The main actor, he speaks Gaelga. Gaelga is our native tongue. It most close language it would sound like is kind of like German. Um, only about 10% of the Irish population actually speak Gaelga now because it was a systematic approach in Ireland by the British to um, actually exterminate the language. So then it was demonized. Just That's like, wild. Yeah, yeah. So it was demonized as, as well. And um, what I was saying to you was this, is that... Um, in that film, Black 47, the main guy is speaking Gaelga. He is not an Irish actor. He's actually Australian. They not only had to learn the Irish accent and learn the Irish culture, but he actually learned how to speak Gaelga as well. And he's Australian, which, which obviously his native language and he did a good job. is English. He's white Australian. He's done a great job um, where Leo is more famous. Um, this actor is called... We're going to have to stop and look it up now for a second. Here, I'll check the um, we can edit this out. But um, this actor is is from Australia. The movie's called Black 47. Black 47. I'm going to say Hugo Weaving. When, uh, but let me finish. Hugo Weaving, like, like from... Uh, he was the agent. Yeah, Hugo Weaving. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So, let's, re- so let's restart it. Let's restart it. No, no, keep it going. Okay, so Thomas has looked it up on his phone. And in Black 47... Um, the main guy, uh, who is Australian, he speaks Irish in it. You believe he's Australian? He's actually called... Is, no, that. listen, listen, listen. He's actually called James Frenchville. He's Australian. Oh, okay. Hugo Weaving is the supporting actor okay. in it. Um, other notable actors in it would be Stephen Ray and, and Jim Broadbent. But what I was saying to you about this film is that the man done a great job. He really encapsulated Ireland at the time. It, a lot of it is shot in Mayo and Galway. Uh, Mayo is where I'm from, and it's a beautiful part of Ireland, but it's m- the worst hit with the famine over there. And I use the term the famine just to basically give people an idea of what happened, but the famine is the Hollywood term because we never had a famine in Ireland. It was systematic genocide. You'll only ever hear about um, 
what happened in Nazi Germany. We do want to hear about places like Ireland where there's actually genocide and not a famine. And <clears throat> the film portrays it for the first time ever, showing that um, there was food stolen out of Ireland um, by our ruling classes who were the British at the time and it was sold on the stock market um, while the population dropped from 6 million down to about 1.5 million. Um, so um, that guy, like, should have a bigger name than Leonardo DiCaprio because mm -hmm. from the way Thomas talked about how he behaved in Blood Diamond. So that'll be interesting to see. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see um, the next few years if you'll be hearing more about him. Yeah. How, how long ago was this made? Two years ago. Black, Black 47. It's called Black, Black 47. 47. I was at the opening, and this is very interesting. I was at the opening of it in um, at the TIFF uh, Toronto International Film Festival. And um, I was invited in um, to go to the opening of the first ever show of it. And there was a questions and answers at the end with the uh, producer and the director. And it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a ruckus there because there was a couple of British people in the audience and they were shocked to see that they're- Oh, them for being portrayed yeah, as such. Yeah, the, the, the British being portrayed yeah. as such, which really, really annoying. I mean, again, Canada still has the queen on its money. So it's still very much part of the Commonwealth, but I was, I was laughing and I was there asking these very bluntly honest questions to the director and like basically I was almost in tears about how proud I was that he you know stood up there and, and, and he, he told the truth he told the truth and uh, there was some people very upset but like and that's why the film's done well but it could do a lot better um, it could do a lot lot better now then back to you so to see something <clears throat> on screen that mm -hmm. affects you and pushes you or like just you know unlocks and evokes all these emotions is that what you would say attracted you to pursuing a career in film or for like just wanting to be in front of a camera so for me i came to toronto um thomas told us earlier um one of the reasons he came to toronto and i know that you migrated yourself here as well from down the road um but for me i, want, I was in radio and tv back home and um as i said like you guys are realized here in toronto everyone is also acting as well and um one of my closest friends here um she's been acting for 10 years and she actually gave me the confidence to kind of go more full on into the acting because up until then i had done a lot of uh, either background work or small small pieces on some other shows um what i was saying was though uh there'll be a bit of editing back there um <laughs> there'll be, there'll be a bit of cutting and editing but no, uh, why did I get into it? Yeah, so basically, um, I was always a bit of a showman. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Uh, you know what I mean? Went for class president back home, this, that, and the other. So like, yeah, I, I, I like the crack. And acting, man, you can have the crack. Like, I was a, I was, uh, I was the main actor in in a very big show you're not going to watch. Um, films, <laughs> um, filmed uh, there about two weeks ago. And I was like the main actor. So I was actually working hard all day, not sitting down, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm never going to watch this shit. Um, <laughs> don't, but, say, don't say the name. Uh, I, will, I, I won't say the name. I'm already in enough trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I was going to say is that's the truth about the acting. Like, like, yeah. like it's gave me a bit of a wake up call too. It's not fucking glamorous either. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking. It's, it's hard work. But you know what? I'm going to enjoy the journey, and I think that's what the acting is about with me. Is like I'm like you know I can work at this and fucking enjoy it. Where you can work at other jobs, progressing up the career ladder in a bank and or whatever. Still hate it because it's exactly I still hate it because I worked in the bank, so I can just use that as an example. Like yes, I've had a normal life. I've done I've done a master's degree. I've got like two ordinary degrees. I've got a diploma. I never studied in the acting field, and now I'm studying it, and I enjoy it. Where I'm not going to study another master's and yeah. enjoy it. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? So, um, basically, the beauty of being an actor for me is that you can be any any character. For me, usually it varies. It's varied a lot right now. It goes from cop 
to detective, to retired cop, <laughs> to young cop, <laughs> to RoboCop. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you know, I've got a varying character right yeah. now. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to be like. Man. You know what's probably going to happen? I'll probably be Lee Neeson in a couple of years' time, where I'll have like a Taken one. Yeah. I'll have a Taken two, a Taken three, and now he's got some new movie that I can't even remember the name of. Thomas, you could probably Google it there for me. But Lee Neeson's latest movie, like all the comments are, Lee Neeson. He has one role. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, the same, it's the same thing for a guy like Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen does fucking 30, 40 movies. Like, everything is, like, polar. It's like he's, like, the the Swedish or Dutch or whatever he is, fucking Liam Neeson. He always plays the same thing, like, the vengeful yeah. ex, or ex-combat guy, oh, yeah. ex-force ranger. What's what about, uh, what about Cold Pursuit, I think. Hang on, let's get this. Let's this guys. What? Oh, oh, Pursuit. Yeah, Cold Pursuit. Okay, so Liam Neeson's latest movie is called Cold Pursuit. Which is basically he um, turns himself into the FBI or the CIA or which I don't. One of them is called the Cocaine Import Agency. The other is called oh, the FBI. Whatever, Federal Bureau bollocks. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Listen, I robbed all these banks. Here's the money. The cops are crooked. Then the cops take his wife. Then he goes something like blah blah blah. I'm gonna get you yeah. and your wife. Sounds familiar. And my wife. <laughs> and yeah, that's where it stops. But like." The last Taken I watched, because I watched it because I'm Irish, and I'm like, come on, Liam, you're fucking making money, you fucker. Yeah, this is going to be a shit movie. We're yeah. going to watch Liam, right? Liam played Hurling back home in Ireland, so he's an animal. He's a lot of respect. So we're in watching Taken 3, and it's awful cringy, because there's Liam Neeson beating the shit out of some guy, but he can't even run, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, because <laughs> he's like nearly 70. Yeah. He's doing the same fucking movie. Yeah. Liam Neeson's like best Steven, movie. Steven Seagal. Best movie out there, guys. Another action movie. It's called Michael Collins. Liam Neeson is the hero. And his lover in the movie is Julia Roberts, who has a, an amazing Irish accent, an amazing Irish accent in that movie. And that movie is a historical movie, but it's also a love movie as well. And um, like that was done in, back in 1995, and like, yeah, man, was like touching 50. Like, so yeah, you gotta be patient being an same, actor. Wasn't there another Irish movie, Far and Away? That Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah, but Tom Cruise has had a way better, like, Liam Neeson's a great actor, and I yeah. always back him because he's Irish. But Did like, Cruz have an Irish accent in front of it? Yeah, it was shite. It was absolutely. And that fucking drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. And I hear that, when, like, even when hot chicks here go, say Churchy Tree and a turd, I'm like, <laughs> you're hot, but you're a little fucking stupid bitch. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'll knock you Charity out. Tree and a turd. I'll knock dude. you out, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> Judy Roberts, she plays that. Unbelievably, Michael Collins. So check that out. That was actually really, really good, and it's genuine. Thomas, same yes. question. <laughs> How did I get into acting? F- funny story. Uh, I was a big mama's boy. I was a big nerd. Yeah. Um, and I was. Yeah, Don't say too might, much, man. This might surprise you, but I, I was super cheesy and oh fucking. My God. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> fucking shocker. My life sounded like a Tinder bio. <laughs> um, and so I met my best friend. His name's Rudolph. Yeah. And you know, I kind of looked up to him, and and he was like, "Thinking in the brain." It, well, no, not really. But uh, he basically met when I was in high school because I got, I dude, I got bullied all the fucking way through elementary school and high school. So you know, it was fucking rough up until grade 11, 12 and I fucking just hit this growth spurt, and I stopped giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of Rulof, you know, I kind of like, okay, yeah, I can fuck, you know, I can fucking do my shit. Still getting bullied though by the fucking most popular kids. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. Um, but needless to say, like it affected my mental health immensely. It made me super fucking insecure. So I always had to put up a front. 
And then my best friend actually told me, is like, you would be, you should do this whole acting thing because the teacher came to our school and promoted her school. So my best friend was like, you should do this. And since a young age, my mom and everybody, they're like, yeah, you should do acting and, uh, you know, all that. You're so creative. A whole, so creative. a whole bunch of shit. I should be an artist. I should be an yeah. actor. I should be a fucking this. And ballerina. Like, ballerina, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so my, my best friend gave me the nudge and I went and what hooked me was i was super insecure super shy super naive super fucking mama's boy yeah and i had to create this character that is confident a ladies man no <laughs> fucking a, str a, a strong <laughs> guys 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 can i just say let me tell you i've been bad being a ladies man. Oh god, yeah. Oh, fuck. With Thomas, with Thomas Hugo. No, 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 that that's not a reference to me. That's not. <laughs> it's a new fragrance. It's not a reference. It's a new fragrance. Anyway, let me tell you about how to be a ladies man by Thomas Hugo. <laughs> no, this is not where I'm going to tell you how to be a lazy ladies man. Um, but this character that I had to create was everything that I wanted to be, but what I was not. Funny how that works. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, my teacher helped me go through this entire character creation, studying the emotions, what causes the emotions. So actually studying the psychology of what it takes to be funny, what it takes to be confident, you know, what that means, what it looks like, how it feels, everything. And when I performed it on stage, I felt all of those things, whether, even though it was only for an hour, I felt like a completely different fucking person. It's like a high. Exactly. It's like a high. But you know what I realized when I walked off? Mm. I'm like, if I can do that, I can decide whatever I want to be. Absolutely. I can, I can make the choice and I can create myself. And that's what a lot of people don't do. And this is, this is the thing. A lot of people say, well, you know, I, I don't choose this or I don't want to choose. Not choosing is also choosing. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. You're choosing that. not to choose. You're, it, it's the ignorant part. And so I, I realized like, holy shit, everything is my choice. It, it can be my choice because it is. Because I was able to literally create every single sensation of all these things. And obviously these are just perceived emotions and experiences. But based on the psych psychological uh, formula behind what it takes to be confident, mm -hmm. that that fucking hooked me. And that's when I started recreating myself. I think I was like 17. That's when I went down the self-development path because I realized, holy shit, if I can do this for me, I'm going to figure this out for my mom. I'm going to figure this out for my for my sister. For Because I mean, we grew up without, she didn't have a dad. He was there, but not really there. He was there, but not there. Yeah, it's a, it's a <clears throat> fucking messy story. So it's like, I mean, sounds like an R. Kelly song. I believe I can fly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, being a bit of a dick saying that, but like, it does sound like that song. Well, and like, to be fair, I've seen it from Thomas. Like, it makes sense. Like, like, I suppose people go through life differently. Like, I never thought of it that way. I was just like, I just behave whichever way I behave, which is good, bad, or ugly. But I find it interesting because I'm like, yeah, like if you play sports, you get a buzz out of it because you have this confidence you won't have in ordinary life. Because in ordinary life now, you can't express yourself as much. Yeah. Well, that's so why you're more curtailed. Everything is like, you can't. It's that rush. I mean, look, rush. look at COVID, like, like great example. Men now, if they want to like, you know, court a girl, if you use that terminology of my grandfather, mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like I'm going to sound like a hundred, but like, I don't know how else to describe it nowadays because it's so easy. But like, 
you got to do it through a screen. So like oh, it's yeah. messing things up big time. And like funny story, but not a funny story if you're people involved, but like a guy I've done some business with, um, has a cousin who's a female of 22. Mm-hmm. This guy um, is involved in a very big company and that uncle is the main man of the company and uh, this very well-off little daughter of 22 wants to be a porn star on OnlyFans. Yeah. And uh, like, because that's normal, that's a career, right? Yeah. It also could take down this massive business. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Depending on how it goes. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it's like, this is a weird time. There's revolutions happening everywhere, good, bad, or ugly. See, and, and I I honestly think, like, the progressiveness of certain things is, I think it's great. However, mm-hmm. however, I do want to say this. A lot of the ways that we're doing shit is super toxic and not healthy for a lot of for a lot of people. Well, it's the, it's this, you know, the tale as old as time. It's, you know, good intentions. I had good intentions. So many things are done with good fucking intentions. Mm. Doesn't mean that people are going to either abuse them, misuse them, or fucking weaponize them. Exactly. It's not going to stop the human race from doing it. We always do it. Yeah. There's always a small percentage of us that wants to uh, take advantage or manipulate. It's just the way that it is. It's the way that some fucking people are. And this is no fucking different. No. No, absolutely. Alright, now it's my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> I know this is gonna be good. It's story time. I love story time. I'm gonna give my guests the opportunity to tell us a story about themselves. You're gonna have to get a jingle for story time. <laughs> I, I want a jingle. I want like it's story time. You know, like, <laughs> welcome to the jungle! It's story time! <laughs> well, we're, not, we're not gonna use that one, but I'll have something thought up. You want something with a fucking guitar riff, anyways? I'll get the producers on it. Story time, eh? Yeah, story time. Give us what you got. Uh, ooh. Well, what are we chatting about? Like, we're like, Sorry, I gotta finish my tea here. Um, we're chatting about was <clears throat> you end up meeting actors who, for example, the big guy that you do work closely with. Every chick knows him. Uh, his name escaped me. The Maori dude. Oh, Jason Momoa. John's worked with Jason Momoa. No, yeah. I haven't worked with him. I fucking. Oh, not, no, no, I was so close to. John was close to working with him. Close to working. You, John you work. You work with. Anyways, uh, Carl Urban. I did with Carl Urban. Anyways, not saying anything bad, but like you know, you hear other things about the actors that you know you'd be surprised to hear, and you're like, God, I thought that guy was cool or whatever else. Not saying that Jason Momoa's not cool. Jason, come for a pint of me any night, and we can chat about it. Yeah. Um, but what I what I would oh yeah, funny story was that um. Like actors nowadays, I don't want to follow them on social media because I'm like, dude, you're not even funny. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you just get cool roles in movies, but like, you're not that dude. You know what I mean? Like Matthew McConaughey, for example, I think he's a bit of a ledge. Saw a bit of his social media. I was like, not following you, you fucking weirdo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> I love McConaughey. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, listen, Matthew, Matthew. Also, if you want to go for a pint, we can chat about it. No big deal. But like, okay, this is my story, and it's about Elton John. Okay. Cause I saw the Elton John movie, right? Yeah. So growing up, I like my music. I won't lie. I like Elton John. He's just a fucking genius, right? My mom liked him growing up, which meant I didn't like him because how can it be cool if my mom likes yeah. him? And my mom, in fairness to her, she said, you know what? When you get older, you like Elton John. I was like, shut the fuck up, mom. 
Anyways. Because she knew you were gay since the young age. I was fucking like Spice Girls is way better. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, Elton John. So I watched the Elton John movie actually. Pre-COVID. Yeah. I don't know what date that. Oh yeah, so I just watched like, it too. So now we're yeah, just going to split. BC, 2019 yeah. BC. Now we're just going to split COVID. it between. Before COVID. We were all born pre-COVID. You yeah. know, but COVID doesn't ever end. So like, you know, that'll make sense if you're time. Elton John lived a pretty mad life. And you'd be, you probably wouldn't, I don't know, would you follow him on social media if he was doing his life now today and he was in his mid thirties going fucking nuts. But like, they had a mysterious life. But I'll tell you one thing, when I saw his life unfold, again in the TIFF, I saw his movie, I was like, Jesus Christ, the man was very depressed in most of his life. Mm-hmm. He tried to kill himself numerous times. He had major problems coming out, especially within his family in England, his dad disowning him, this, that, and the other. And it, and like, it shows that like, towards the end, that's all that really mattered was family. You know what I mean? It's not all the celebrity status. What a cool fucking life. Some of the coolest parties. But the man's a genius. Like, his tunes, like, when, when you cross over, you know, different genres within music, like in terms of, you hear people like romantic music and, and, and disco and rock and this, that and the other, and blues and jazz. Elton John crossed over so many of those paths that now he's even more relevant than ever. So my stories about Elton John, I was working as a disc jockey in Ireland, but I didn't speak like that. I'm just doing that for effect. Anyways, I was a disc jockey in Ireland and I was just like, how are we getting on lads? This is the Paul show with Paul, how are you up? And in farming news, um, it was raining yesterday. Uh, in sports news, the local team that we talk about all the time won over and over again. Yeah, this is your story. This is I my never show. want you to tell me a lot. So, this is my story. I've only hit four minutes, Thomas. <laughs> Elton John, I had to play. So, you have to come up with something to talk about when you're playing the songs. So, I was playing songs from the 70s and 90s. So, some of the songs I know, some of the songs I didn't know who the fuck they were, right? So, I'd see like. For example, I know Elton John, but even Elton John, I don't know much about Elton John, so I'd have to like look up some story about Elton John. So I looked up a story about Elton John, and uh, I couldn't find any story about him and why he wrote Rocket Man. And like the song was next on the radio, it's like shit, I better come up with something pretty quick. And all I know is the song is Rocket Man, na 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 na. Don't know what most of the song, but I know the kind of chorus, and I was like, oh, that's all I know the song. You so know the one, you know the title. I know, I know the title. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rocket Man is coming on the radio, and I'm just like. Rocket man! Oh yeah, there's no requests. So the whole show was about reading that request. So Thomas would like, Thomas would be out, he'd fancy Mary and he'd be like, oh, I want to play a request for Mary, uh, da 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 And it was kind of cute and everything else. There was mostly lads just like on, on the way back, way back to college, reading me out on the radio, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like, I liked that part, but nobody was texted in. So I just made up a text. So I was like, uh, so next request, because I had to play Elton John, because there's all this schedule they have to play. And uh, next on the radio, we have Elton John with this song, Rocket Man. It comes in from Donald. Donald is down on his golf course in County Clare. Because basically, Donald Trump bought a golf course in County Clare. So they're making up a mess of Donald Trump and text the show, right? Yeah. And what I said was that Donald, because I'm absolutely fucking baked right now. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I said. Like, this is my story. <laughs> what did I say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's it? Where's it? Rocketman. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That Donald was sending a fucking text in for his friend in North Korea called Kim Il Sung. Yeah. The fat lad. You know, the, 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 <laughs> Kim, 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 Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un. Yeah. Like, but he's such an adorable looking guy. Like, he's a little round dude. You want to rub his belly? Yeah. That sort of thing. He looks cute. His little uniform. And like, so I just I'm here like Donald. Donald sent in a text all the way from County Clare to Kim Jong Un. Right. Got that correct. Uh, and um, the song is Rocket Man, yeah. right? Yeah. So Donald Trump's in the rocket in North Korea. Yeah. And I, the song went on 
And the sun started nice and soft, and it finishes, Rocket Man! Na 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 And I was like, then the next song that came on was Oasis. I love Oasis. Fucking legends. Liam and Gallagher offered half a billion. I paid them more if I found it to get back together. Unreal, right? So I knew that song was coming, so I was just chilling. And then I was thinking, that show went well, because then I think the show nearly finished then. Anyways, Monday morning, I got fucked. Like, they sent me an email, like, going, you were saying that Donald Trump was sending rockets to North Korea on the radio show. Like, what in God's name are you at? Like, and I was like, kind of going, I had to make up something to fucking sell this Elton John song about. And uh, the moral of the story is that, like, the past is more interesting than right now. It's like, you know. What was he writing about? What was Elton John actually writing about? What does Rocket Man mean? I have no idea. The thought man, you watched, I thought you watched the movie. I you? watched the movie. Did they explain it in the movie? Well, there's a lot of sexual activity in the movie, so I'm, I'm kind of like, I was surprised. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, about... I'll tell you one thing about Rocket Man. My mom loved Elton John. I would not want to have watched that movie with my mom. Yeah. There was a lot of sex between men, and a lot of it. And a lot of stuff <laughs> going on. Enjoyed it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, it's heavy. It's <laughs> heavy. Right it's heavy. <laughs> it's confusing times, and uh, you know. It was graphic, but that's my story. <laughs> that is my so, story. Thank you so much for that story. <laughs> Seven and a half minutes. That was gold. <laughs> that was gold. Seven uh, and a half minutes. Shit. Okay. What, uh, Thomas, <laughs> you have you story have, time. You have the floor. There's time for redemption. Shit. Okay. Let me try and play the South African national anthem. Lady Blowfire, Nonsayum, Lady. Yeah, that's part of it. Um, better than Oh Canada. <laughs> well, our, our national Imagine, anthem. Let's go kill a man. No, I won't. Our national anthem. Oh, passively aggressive. Mkosi Sikaleli Africa. So it has like all the different languages in it. So it's it's actually pretty culturally cool. Okay, you know this, but on this, John, you you know what the hacker is not in music. The hacker, yep. Right. Fuck me, man. How scared would you be if that happened? Well, like that's men. That's very men. Aggressive. And like that's fucking. When you watch it, you're like going. Dude, if them lads are lined up against me, I'm like, I'm fucked. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we don't have that anymore. See, here. see but with mean? South Africans, when they do that, we look at them and like, fuck, I want to hit you so much more now. So it actually uh, helped us because it riled us. Listen, up. we only play rugby for the crack and we've beaten both of you. So, like, whatever. Like, we're not even into rugby, but like, it's well, a man's game. Yeah, it's a man's game. Everybody beats appreciate. each other. It's, it's, you know, it has to happen. Not everybody's the best. But anyway, back to my fucking story, Paul. <laughs> um, oh my god the water went through my nose so i was so oh. i i always have pretty big storms okay and coming to canada oh uh, hang on hang on the people are thinking the people are thinking <laughs> let me tell you about an audience john so let me tell you anyway audience. so coming to canada making friends you know i i tell people about my experiences and things that i did and all that and people had a hard time, like people thought I was a bullshitter. And so I'm like, how the, how the fuck do I prove a lot of this shit to these people? Because yeah. you know, these are my friends and now they're, they're calling me out. Are you saying that to me? That's rich going from you. <laughs> That's why he's gonna have to edit the shit out of this. So, uh, so, um, uh, so I, I, when I was six years old, I was bullied by these three groups of kids. I fucking still remember their three faces. Groups? Oh, sorry, three people. Three okay, kids. Like, Holy three fuck. kids. Well, three. yeah, technically three groups, but three they teams. came together. Yeah. Um, and there was this one kid. His name was Arnold. 
Simone was the other chick, and I can't remember the third chick. She's was she was just was was two chicks and a dude. Were okay? the chicks hot at least? So I was friends with them. Were the chicks hot? I don't. Dude, I was in fucking preschool. Yeah, but still, there was weight. There was six. Oh, yes. No, that, I definitely <laughs> felt... That one. I definitely... Oh, I didn't realize you were six. I thought you were, like, in high school. No, this was when I was six years old. How does this... Dude, how does this affect you? Listen. You're six. Listen. This is his story. This is, this is my story. story. So, That's but I was... But I was always like the odd one out. So, you know, uncool, not funny, blah, 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 all this shit. And so whenever it suited them, I was good enough to play with them. And like it fucking, it, it hurt me and impacted me as a child because I still fucking remember it. But this one day, cause this is me, right? If you push me far enough, you fuck you. <laughs> I'll get you. I'll get you. I'll get you. You push me far enough. So, Let me tell you, sir. So I'm six years old, fucking crying my eyes out because it's something they did. And so I fucking managed to sneak out of the out of the room where, where they took care of us and go and hide in a tree in a big ash tree that was suited for a tree house. Mm-hmm. So they were planning on building a tree house then. So I went outside, I climbed up this huge ass tree and I sat inside. It had this huge opening space. So imagine like a platform yeah. and a tree growing around it, essentially. So I sat on one of the tree barks and I and I fell asleep. And the next thing I know, I got woken up by a bunch of kids, you know, playing outside. Meanwhile, people didn't even fucking know I was gone. So like, what the fuck is up with that? Anyway, so I'm sitting in the street and they are playing right underneath me. These three kids. Okay. Did you shit on them? No. <laughs> I, I, I'm shy in front of people. Oh, if you push me far but, enough, yeah, I'll shit so on So I you. sat there and this rage ensued me again. And I'm like, fuck you. So I stood up, unzipped, and I peed on them. Oh, I was close. Yeah. I was close. Okay. And I peed, I peed all over them. And so they call my mom, yeah. obviously. And I'm like, oh shit, oh shit. Like, I'm in so much trouble, right? Because I know what I did was not okay. Yeah. And so I'm like hiding off in the one corner and they separated me from everybody. And my mom shows up and the, you know, the caretaker's like, yeah, like very angry at her and telling her my mom looks at him like very serious. And the next thing, my mom fucking bursts out laughing. And she's like, she wasn't even mad. No, she thought it was the funniest shit ever because this is my mom. She's like, well, what did they do to him? Because that's not my kid. Yeah. I'm a very kind, compassionate person. Like, I'm a softie. Yeah. But if you fuck with me. me, I'll piss on you. Oh, man. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. Literally, I'll piss on you. So, I'll actually piss on you. Hey, question, question. Yes. What age were you doing this? Six years old. So, like, Six-year-olds were stupid. Like, you know what I mean? They caught their foot. I was a very intelligent six-year-old. Dick in a zipper, like, that was stupid shit. Like, did you drop your pants or did you just... No, I just... I actually took my whole pants off. See? Like, you drop drop down to the ankles. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to feel free. That's how kids kids piss. Like, that's... That's how kids piss. They fucking drop their pants all the way down to their fucking ankles. My son does that. It's freedom, man. Do it as an adult. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, that's a good look. But anyway... So, how this story transitioned into my life now with um who did with, you piss on yeah no no, no. <laughs> so, so i do this wait, tv works, show wait, works yeah. what you gonna do what you gonna do with it so i do this tv show and uh i basically portray uh, a new york hitman mm-hmm. and this is based on a true story okay uh this guy he was he worked as a salesman or something he ended up sleeping with the mafia boss's wife uh, he yeah. found out greg scarpa 
he finds out, meets the guy, has like, hey, you should join my mafia. And so he Whoa, became, whoa, 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 hang on. Because he banged his wife? Yeah. And so he Wait, what? He wanted him to join the mafia because he banged his it's wife? It's like, well, that's hey, one of the reasons. But hey, also hey, he hey, had No, no, it's like, hey, you're my you're banging my wife. Do you want to join the mafia? Because he he Okay, so he he had AIDS <laughs> and he wanted to give his he wanted to keep his wife happy. Greg Scarpa had AIDS. Oh, so that's a very Whoa, 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 whoa. It's just it's a mafia story. You think the guy shoots him in the head and he dies. No, like, no, no, no. He ends up becoming a hitman and did a whole bunch of, you know, crazy shit. Uh, long story short, I did a show, a TV show episode where I portrayed him and we I started talking to him. He's still alive. He's out of jail. Um, and we, I started talking to him to kind of get some more info on, you know, him. Now we're fucking friends. And he sent me a book, he sent my mom a book, yeah. and uh, this has nothing to do with the I previous say, story. Uh, I just, I just wanted to tell yeah. you. <laughs> like, how does this happen? How did that happen because you pissed dude, off some kids? Dude, and Did also, you tell him, hey, when I was six, I pissed off some kids? No, I didn't <laughs> tell him that. But I, just, I just thought I'd include this, you know, just to have a, a bit of a better story than the first one. Okay, but, so you got, a, you got a two for one. You got a, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Opportunity, baby. That is fucking hilarious, man. I can't well, even... Your story was fucking seven minutes. I'm not even. Uh, yeah. I might be over. Yeah, but you got two stories. All right. Do you have a? Do you have another? Do you have a short one, Paul? No, I don't have a short one. Minutes. No. Short story. Pull your pants down. Show us you don't have a short. What story. is it? What is it? No, I don't have a short story. I have one story. That's I'm a, a one-hit wonder. <laughs> That's what I am. I come in, I serve myself, <laughs> I enjoy myself, and I'm out the door. Yeah, good. I'm not here to satisfy other people. <laughs> she says, I have one story. Okay. I have one story, John. Best look at the podcast. Good look at the podcast. Good look at the podcast. Thanks for having us on. Well, I want to thank John, you guys. I'll tell, guys, I'll tell you one thing. Here we go. For any future guests of John's show, here comes the second story. <laughs> <laughs> if, you come to, if you come to John's podcast, Bring some milk with you. Because all I want was a cup of tea. I come over here and there's not even a milk in the house. Coconut milk. A coconut, like, okay. Or soy milk and don't, don't, don't. You can't. You can't make tea with anything but milk. Just normal cow's milk. Squeeze it out of the titty. Literally. Oh yeah, back home. Jesus. We don't go to the shop. We literally go up, milk the cows, take the milk out and... Fresh yeah, as you want. That's what farmers and, and, and do as well. We yeah. grab titties. <laughs> but also, you know, that that was a much smaller town. Yes. So it's that's basically what they have access to. That that is their convenience. It's just going yeah, up to the that's cow. That's a convenient story. It's just yeah. going up yeah. to the fucking cow the field. Well, guys, I want to thank you both for being here today. <laughs> it has to be, it has to be your own <laughs> cow. Yeah, exactly. Listen, listen. My cow. point is, like, if you own the cow, <laughs> I don't know why. Like. You're not just squeezing random cows, like, like <laughs> Jesus. Tom wouldn't even do it because he's a vegan, right? Okay, so listen, stop. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna end it at that. <laughs> right. Thanks, Paul. For John. Sorry. John. John. Thanks for having us on the show. Sorry <laughs> for sorry for fucking up. Yeah. Uh, it was it was an absolute fucking pleasure. Thank you guys so much, and uh, I would love to have you guys back again. Oh, absolutely. For another episode, because I'm sure there's much more to talk about. Oh, 100 percent. <laughs> John, you're again. a gentleman and a scholar. Thank That's you very much. Time. This was Chewing the Fat. I am your host, Johnny, as you all know. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week.